3: mama what does the chicken say
0: uh dog cat Aww. giraffe giraffe really giraffe
4: uh giraffe you're not gonna get it all right just make sure you know the big stuff like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size get it right
1: mm-hmm. Visit NHTSA.gov.
4: Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
1: What
3: grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org.
2: Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Lights Out happens to be the nickname of the Amazing young man that's about to come on and grace us with his amazing lights-out voice. Uh, three-time Pro Bowl linebacker, uh, Marilyn Terrapin. Uh, Supercharger. Uh, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, that guy, Sean Merriman. What's up, bro? Happy to have you on the show. Bob, man, always,
3: anytime. And you know what? You're like the only person get me to do anything on Saturday as far as work. It's like my only day, but – <laughs> Yo, they say var, show done deal. Let's
4: yeah. stop everything we're that, doing and come we, on. That's what I'm talking about. Well, what's up, Sean? What's up?
3: What's up, brother?
2: Yeah, Plex and TJ on the line, man, and and we got Sean Merriman on the line, and we, Sean, we we had a very very spirited conversation taking place about what's going on in Houston, and I'm I'm curious from your perspective because in a lot of ways you are one of the most beloved players to ever play for the chargers uh before they switched up to being la they were the diego chargers and you were one of those guys that picked up the mantle where where uh where junior left it and if there was anyone who carried it the way it was supposed to be carried it after he did it it was you but you didn't finish and 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 with the chargers you didn't finish with the organization it are do you find there to be any similarities to what jj watt just had take place with a mutual uh parting of the ways from from houston after representing so much and having so much value with the market what what is your what's your take on this like was it handled the right way or could it have been done differently
3: well, you know, Var the, the 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 situation is similar and and a little different at the same time. It's similar because, you know, you you done one thing for organization, um, you know, multi multi uh, multiple pro bowls and a lot of accolades and winning games and then you move on somewhere else. So you always have that um you you know, you, you always have that thing where it's like, okay, these guys don't want me here or uh I've done so much for the organization, then they click back in, then you know, you start thinking about it's a business, and that's just where how it goes. I don't care who you are. There's very few players that ever remain like these days with one organization the entire time. And you know, you take it back to uh, Joe Montana and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and you know, it go, the list goes on. It's really hard to stay in one organization. Now, the problem I, I see in that is you, when it's somewhere mutual, it means that he also wanted to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wasn't shocked by that because if we look at what's going on down there in Houston, it's like okay, well, there might be a serious problem if J.J. Watt wants to get out of your organization. You know, it wasn't like they let him go, released him, or told him to leave, right? They was like, you know, this is a mutual situation where he also wanted to leave. He didn't fight to stay. So, you know, uh, we have said all the time, where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's a lot of fire down in Houston right now. Mm. Now, we, when you let's, – let's talk – let's stay in the quarterback position. What, what's your take on Russell Wilson – Coming out talking about criticizing his offensive line, and we got LaVar saying he, he should have a big say in, in decision making. One, what do you?
2: you just gonna put it? words in my mouth, huh? Yeah, I said, well, it should be negotiated in his contract. That, if if I, you want to have that role, like why not negotiate
3: I, it? I'm sure, I'm sure, Mr. Lights out. know that's illegal. That's no, why I didn't we bring that up. Here we but, go.
2: Uh, here we well, go. What,
3: what's, your, what's your take on that, Sean? So this is my thing. I think that especially nowadays the quarterback position they're the ceo of your organization right i mean it wasn't like that and i've seen what uh you know brett Favre, and some of the older guys come out and they're talking about Deshaun, and all the times is different they wasn't making you know four years five year, 150 million dollar contract so the quarterback nowadays you're just talking about business and i try to use this uh equation because so like the normal people understand oh why is the quarterback complaining well what owner of any company don't talk to their CEO about what they planning on doing. It just doesn't happen. Right. So if you're planning on making moves and your CEO is the person that's running your organization, because that's what the quarterback position is nowadays. That's the one that's going to decide on how, how that franchise, how that organization is going to do, you know, 80% of what goes on nowadays on the offensive side of the ball is starting to finish with the quarterback position. So if that's the case, you have to give him a seat at the table. And, look, you're owning the team, right? So I tell anybody, if you got any real input or problem with how owners operate, go buy your own damn team. Go do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, at the quarterback position, when you're asking them for so much and paying them this type of money, you have to sit down and give them a seat at the table and at least get their thoughts on
4: things moving forward. Mm, I agree. Mm. Hey, hey, Sean, man, first of all, man, I just want to jump out there and say, man, you you probably – uh, might be the, the toughest light-skinned dude I know. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That is funny.
2: He is a tough
4: light-skinned fella. Boy. Hey,
3: Black, hey, so I told yeah. I.T., I said, Outside of Ice-T, I I might be the toughest light to the hardest light skinned dude in L. A. Iced is pretty hard.
4: Ice-T is a pretty cold. Hey, piece. Ain't, ain't, ain't no doubt about At least we agree on that. But check it. So, <laughs> 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 hey, so the whole J.J. Watt you know situation, him wanting to be released from the team, uh, you know, you you was a cornerstone, you know, uh, franchise player for the for the Charges, and, and 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 so was he. Like I don't know, I didn't know your 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 contract situations with with the with the charges back then. But wouldn't you rather have stayed? Because y'all had a great team. 0-5. we went out there and played. Y'all put our lights out, you know, on Sunday night football. Eli's first game after the you know the whole on deal, the road, right? The whole thing, the whole doing so, business. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So would you rather have stayed in San Diego and won a championship on that great team instead of leaving and going somewhere else? It, it, it all depends. I think in J.J. Watt, um, and I
3: and I want to say that and I go back to Matthew Stafford, anybody else who has a mutual way out the door, right? You you've seen what that grass was like. They always tell you the grass isn't always green on the other side. Well, you walk that grass, you you felt that grass or turf, or whatever you've been on, and you're like, okay, I know what it is here. I know what it's going to be. And it started with DeAndre Hopkins and some of the other bad decisions. You know, with uh, you know, Bill uh, uh, Coach uh, O'Brien and. Just, it, just so much bad blood going in the organization, and JJ Watt has been there and he's seen enough, right? He's seen enough to say, you know what? It's my time to go somewhere else where I'm actually going to have an opportunity to win a championship because I know it's not going to be here.
2: Hmm. Sean Merriman on the line. That's the voice you hear. Subscribe to the Lights Out podcast with Sean Merriman on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dude does some super phenomenal podcast shows, great topics, great guests. It's an up and coming show. I support it. You should go support it as well. Tell a friend subscribe Sean. you just mentioned O'Brien and the coaching and the lack of leadership now this week, one of our our sim uh someone we share in common passed away and coach Marty Schottenheimer. Tell me what what is your um, your feelings on how important the leadership at the coaching position is for success, but then when you have uh, a coach that, that has that it factor about them, how much does that play a part, and, and how much is that relatable to your time with, with Coach Schottenheimer?
3: You, you know, Barrett, you said it, I mean – I think Marty's one of the greatest leaders in, in, in sports history, not even just in football. Um, and I, I'm a big believer that your head coach and the leadership reflects the team. You know, it's a, it's almost in the sense of a sense a trickle-down effect. So if you got a, a coach that isn't a great leader, um, you know, allowing guys to walk in late, can't really get anybody fired up, the team is going to reflect that. And, you know, look at the course of Marty's career and the guys he coached, including yourself, and, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, um, he as hard as it comes, and, and he also if you play hard for him, you'll love him to death, and he's gonna love you. Yep. You know he, you know he, he'll, he'll, he's the type. And I'll give you, um, you know, two examples. One is uh, in training camp, my rookie year. You know, he seen that I was practicing hard, and my body, I was starting to get camp body, and he'll come up behind me in practice and tell me to take you know nine on seven off or whatever drill off. And you're like, man, damn, coach is cool. And then the next day, he'll line you up to Oklahoma drill. Right? To say, I, like, didn't,
2: I didn't get that, Marty, but but that, I love that he he adjusted with you. He, he saw that 56 in Washington. He, I had to do that 9-on-7, but go ahead. He, he, he babied you a little bit. But go ahead. Go ahead, look. And that's what happened. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> he was working me. Boy, I ain't passed yeah. the, the but, test. I was, I was out there in that 9-on-7. Go ahead. go ahead. But, but see, you know, Buzz bar didn't – the next day, he'll line me back
3: up in the uh, Oklahoma drill with, with a, with a with an alignment. You know, so it's just that's the type of leadership. And I'll, I'll give another, another example. My rookie year, I went out and uh, I had a big game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I knocked out Priest Holmes. And, you know, I'm celebrating. I'm screaming. I'm, I'm a rookie. I'm trying to make a name for myself coming into the NFL and live up to, you know, the hype I had coming out of college. And I'm celebrating. I run on the sideline. Priest Holmes is still down on the ground. And while I'm celebrating, Marty Schottenheimer grabbed my face mask and said, "Hey, don't forget that this guy's family and his friends are watching." Yeah. And in that in that moment, excited and you know going crazy as I was, I stopped and I was like, "Damn, he's right." But that's that was Marty, man. And
2: yeah.
3: um, you know, I missed him, and I was I was really close with him all of, all the way up until he had a really big decline. And talking to Miss Schottenheimer and the family. And uh, he's going to be missed, man, and Indeed. not just as a football coach, but just as a man in general.
2: Indeed, let me give you one of my stories, and it's interesting because my rookie, or my my second year coming out of my rookie year, when Marty came in, he totally transformed the culture of our team. We went from a finesse team with with Norv, which is so funny because we both had the same coaches at at a point in time in our in our yep. careers, and you know if you know Norv, Norv is is soft. He's he's finesse. That's like, you know, take you know, take days off. It's not going to be a hard nosed team. It's going to be a finesse team. And coming off of the North deal, I, you know, we ended up getting Marty and and we turned into a hard nosed football team. Now Fast forward, they get rid of him after a year because his hard nose was way too hard nose. Well, we end up playing a Marty Schottenheimer led San Diego team with my baby on the other side on the on the sideline, and this is one of those moments. You got old fifty six, you got young fifty six, and on one of them plays, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the sound of it. I'll never forget the look of it but we ran some type of stretch play, a pitch, a toss, something. It, uh, a, a screen. It Was, was it a screen? I, it was I something. So. And when it got ran, my man, the biggest lineman on our team, Derek Dockery, I'll never forget it, out of Texas, big, big ginormous dude, strong, athletic, I, I was duck. a super, super great football player, gets out in, into the open field to come block Sean Merriman. And I heard the equivalent of a small car accident take place when you hit him and he lifted this six foot seven 320 30 pound man off the ground and i said my god i gotta retire this this is it i love him um, what he's doing is different than what I'm capable of doing, and I really see um, that I'm to the end of my career, and I'll never forget that. And, and all I could think about was that's Marty Ball. That that yeah. that right there was like, when you come out as a Marty Schottenheimer team, it is pure bust you in your mouth hit you in your face, and if you can handle what we're bringing your way for four quarters, God bless, you were supposed to win this game. And
3: and, and as you said that, Marty Schottenheimer played that uh, that clip in the team meeting room because that was one of his favorite plays. He told me one of his favorite plays of, of ever, of, you know, him all his years of coaching. And I, the reason why I remember that play, because people ask me all the time, they say, what was my hardest hit? And the first thing they say is Chris Holmes, but I was like, no, no, no. Dockery was a it was Ooh. a mountain of a person. <laughs> <laughs> that this, this this dude, if you've seen him walking on the street, you move into the other side of the street. It's like it's not somebody you want to see. And I remember the screen. I think uh, CP. I think Clinton caught a screen or something out of the back. And I and I was thinking to myself. I said, if Big Doc stay up on me, I'm 20 yards away, so I'm running full speed. And I know he's 3:30 plus. And I said, if he stay up on me and don't cut me, I'm gonna send him to heaven. Mm. Is what I'm thinking in my head. And so. I literally, when I hit him, it was the the hardest deep thump. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard it on the sideline bar, but it was such a deep oh, thump. I heard He it. got up and he dropped back to his knees. He got I up and it. dropped back to his knees, and then he walked off into the sideline. I, I don't know if he came back in or how long he was out, but um, that was that was my probably my hardest hit. That I, I guess it really wasn't talked
2: about. Sheesh, well, that was one hard hit, and and obviously the idea of it being based upon the leadership and the culture that was created RIP to one of the greatest ever. We love you, Marty. You are the man, prayers and thoughts to your family. Subscribe to the lights out podcast with Sean Merriman on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, You can get plenty of great stories from Sean. Sean, we got to have you back on, man. This, this segment went way
0: too quick. Thunderstruck. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com, Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama.
3: What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest.
2: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad
0: Council. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Zumo Play.